Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Better Dad podcast. This is a year-long experiment in me having conversations with experts in areas that I wanna grow and with dads who I think are killing it, just so that I can grow as an emotionally intelligent and involved dad. And I'm putting it out there as a podcast in hopes that maybe some other people can grow as well. So thanks for following along. My name is Matt. I have three kids myself and a beautiful wife. Her name's Larissa. My kids are nine-year-old twin girls and an eight-year-old boy. We live in Southern California, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk with our guest today. His name is Jordan Shapiro. He is an international speaker and consultant whose fresh perspective combines psychology, philosophy, and economics in unexpected ways. But ultimately, he's a, a teacher, a thought leader, a speaker, a writer, and he's a dad. I first found him through his TED Talk, and I just knew that I had to talk to him because right now my kids are at that ripe age of where, where they are getting engaged more and more every single day in the digital world. And the main thing that I know is that I don't want to live in fear of that world because that is so easy to do. It's so easy to be afraid of it. And it's so easy to just treat it as black and white. Okay, we're gonna have it on for you during this time and off for you during that time. But the truth is, is that's not how our new digital world works. That's not how it works for you and me. So it's probably not how it should work for our kids. But I'm gonna let him tell you more about it. So here's my conversation with Jordan. Jordan, welcome to the Better Dad Podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks um, for having me. I'm great. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, virtually, of course. Um, you are in uh, Philadelphia. You said right now, and I see there's snow outside the window. It's yes, really cold there. A, a, a lot, a lot of snow. We had a big like uh, uh, winter, winter, winter storm with like all the all the notifications coming to my phone. Like you know, <laughs> carry a flashlight in your car. You know, all nice. kinds of nonsense. The they didn't polar, used to do that. Polar vortex. You know? We didn't used to get these like winter storm warnings. I, I I don't feel like now. It used to just be called a storm. Now it's like emergency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next level. Everything's elevated. Yeah. Like color coded. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I first found you through uh, your TED talk that you did. That was kind of kind of based on um, your first parenting book, um, The New Childhood. Um, so I want to talk about that here in a minute, but, uh, I, first I want to hear about this, this new book that you have coming out and I see it, I see it there in the background yeah. behind you, uh, <laughs> fa father figure. Um, so it, it, the full title is father figure, how to be a feminist dad. Correct? That's right. Yes. So, yeah. so tell me about this. Like <laughs> <laughs> How did this come about? Where did it come from? Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was a it was a long time coming. I think. I mean, uh, uh, but but the the time was just right. You know, I, I think I was I think I w I had finished the 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 new childhood. I was I was I was watching the news. The things in the U.S. were were uh, have been especially polarized. You sort of watch this sort of this toxic masculinity showing up everywhere on 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 television, and 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 at the same time. You also have all this political correctness at television. You know, it's sort of the it's really weird time in America where, on the one hand, we are like like more woke than ever before, and also less woke than ever before, right? <laughs> right? All, yeah. all all at once. And I and as I thought about that, I went, you know, um, 
yeah, as we start to uh, as we start to renegotiate the way we think about gender, that leaves a lot of men in a, in a tough place because we don't really understand uh, uh, what it means to be a dad, what it means to be a man outside of, of patriarchal conventions. And so it seemed to me that it was understandable that if you took that away, people would be like grappling for anything they could hold on to. And unfortunately, it seemed to me a lot of people were grabbing onto the wrong thing. So I thought, well, let me let me let me like give the right railing. Right. Let me, yeah. let me give something to hold on to that sort of allows us to identify as as, as fathers in ways that are um, in the ways that are just more attuned to this this current cultural moment. I mean, it's a tough question because like to what degree does and this is the, what I was really trying to figure out in the book. Right. To what degree does gender have anything to do with parenting? Right. Like, does there really need to be a male like does that mean anything right. what do we mean when we say that do we mean do we mean all those things that we also think of as as toxic and misogynist and sexist right you know like like all totally. that bro, bro talk right because i don't think kids need that i do think they need positive good adult role models i just don't know if they needed to be need to be gendered and so i got into this question of what where does that leave men who are raising kids how should we think about ourselves what does it mean to be a father now that we have an, an awareness of the fact that so many of the things that we used to associate with that are are, are problematic um, and so i wanted to give people a chance to do that but also a a, a chance for those men who feel um sort of lost as they negotiate th this mm. this new era i wanted to give them a, a maybe a first aid kit or a band-aid or you know something to say hey you're not a super villain you just need to you just need to think about yourself and your and your behaviors in, in in different ways and the truth is nobody's really taught you how to do it they just keep screaming at you that you're bad <laughs> right yeah. so so let me let me let me try to teach this um and you know there's places where i think i do that really well uh there's places I, there's things i wish i had done more of there's things uh there's things I think are interesting, but the bottom line, the book is about us really looking at the things that we do as men, as 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 fathers, often with really good intentions, um, but without realizing that we're that we're that we're very often perpetuating uh, um, misogyny, uh, um, sexism, uh, things that are not good for ourselves, for our spouses, for our children, uh, for our daughters, for our sons, for people who don't identify as daughters or sons. I mean, for, yeah. right? We're doing a lot of those things with. Um, with the right intentions, but but without really being able to look and 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 notice the way that that we've caught that we've that we've caught that we're causing harm. Um, and so I, I you know I, I think of it as a as a gift as a gift to fathers. I mean I'm sure mm -hmm. I, I've already written a little bit about this on, on uh, throughout the internet. And of course there's been lots of angry comments. Someone even called me a mangina in one comment. I was like <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, but but th this is part of Webster's why, why 2021. One word of the year, <laughs> right, right? This is part of why I wanted to write the book, is I thought we really need we really needed to ask a lot of these questions uh, as men, and 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 you know, uh, I joke sometimes that like if you think about that sort of toxic version of masculinity, we're all like, be strong, get into your core self, man up. But the one place where we don't want to man up is when it comes to the gender conversation, right? So, do you feel like like people? Like, like the mangina guy, like, <laughs> does he, is his, is his core problem that he feels like you're like tearing down this like traditional idea of what it means to be like a man? 
Well, I obviously can't speak for that individual. You know, I, I certainly him as didn't. an archetype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I certainly didn't read the comment <laughs> with a, with a lot of compassion and, and trying to see into you know. But but I would say, but I think I could talk in a general sense about how uh, about what I think a lot of it is. Is I think you know we have these things that that define they've defined for so long what it means to be the self. Everybody has yeah. has these sort of self identity um, 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 signifiers, right? These ways we think about ourselves you know maybe you maybe you think of yourself as a podcast host maybe you think of yourself as a father maybe you think of yourself as a catholic or a jew or maybe you think of yourself according to race we all have all these things uh, uh and, and those are really important signifiers of identity they're how we start to think of ourselves well if you take one of those away especially such a huge one like masculinity that's been so sort of pounded into us uh, from the time we were kids you know you're just sort of at a loss right people 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 are, are at a loss we need these things we need some way to do it and i think when these things happen um when you lose those signifiers when you lose those ways to have a sense of self-worth you know you, you you're either going to lash out at other people, right? Or you have to find new ways to find that within you. And so, you know, I think mm-hmm. even in the new childhood, a lot of that, uh, of what I was talking about in terms of raising our kids was had, had to do with that, which is our kids are in a, a connected world in which um, so many of the old ways that you think about yourself have been eliminated in our job as, as, as grownups is to help them figure out how to find uh, values and, uh, and 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 confidence and and a sense of purpose um, in a world that looks very in a world that looks very different. And so, in in some ways, the books are are, are about similar things, but right. but but different but different topics. Yeah, you know, I and I I appreciate this you putting something out there like that because I remember when I was a new dad. I mean, my my I have um, nine year old twin girls and an eight year old boy. So you know, nine ten years ago, I. Twins, I man. Up. I can't imagine twins. That sounds uh, horrible. That's wild. It's basically triplets. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> that sounds awful. Your life sucks. No, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> it's it's difficult. It's definitely been – there's challenging moments. Um, but 10 years ago when, you know, I was first – this idea of becoming a dad was kind of the last time until now that I kind of sought out, like, advice and, like, looked at books um, on parenting and – and and I kid you not, like literally everything I found when it came to being a dad was stuff like the dad survival guide, the dad's playbook, um, daddy boot camp. It was all like it had to either be a football or a or a military analogy. Those are the only <laughs> two options. It was like these are the only things that dads will understand is if we make it a football metaphor <laughs> or make it about camping and dads will then dads will get it. And there wasn't I, I didn't find many like alternative um yeah, good dad story options like what I hear you putting out in this book. So yeah, I, I think I think that's true. I mean, uh, I, another thing that made me write the book was, was when my kids were born. When my, my my oldest son was born, who he's now fifteen, but when 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 he was born, my 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 ex wife, his his mother, uh, um, had had some minor complications and just you know needed to be in bed to rest. She wasn't not, nothing serious, but but she wanted to rest. So I was like, I'll take the kids to the uh, you know, I'll take this new baby to the pediatrician. I remember 
remember walking into the pediatrician and the look as as if like how could there not be a mom there as if there was some kind of like uh, 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 like neglect happening even the first thing the doctor said to me is I'm not sure he's eating enough I'm like this kid's been eating since we left the house like since he was yeah. born like nonstop right like there's no way this kid but like just this assumption that dads aren't doing it right the dads yeah. can't the dads can't parent and then put the put put on top of that a lot of bad advice about how dads should parent as you're pointing out right like to to think of it in terms of camping or military or football and you know it's not that um and uh and and you know those ways of uh, of managing things right like a coach or a general right or they they may have a purpose in 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 that in that world but 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 we know that that's not what's in the best interest of kids. I mean, you know, we have over a hundred years of research about what's, what helps children develop. We know shame doesn't work, right? We know guilt doesn't work. We know, uh, we know spanking doesn't work, right? You know, um, there's a place in the book where I go, you know, we got to just own up to the fact that you and I turned out okay in spite of the bad things (laughs) that that, that were done, not because of them. (laughs) Yeah. Does it ever... So you kind of became this like, I guess, it, it, you do a lot of different things, and parenting parenting books is not it's kind of it's kind of a side job <laughs> for you, <laughs> but but is it are you ever surprised that you're like a parenting expert? Is that something that you look at and you're like, how did this how did this happen? Like, <laughs> is that weird yeah, for you? Yeah, I I mean, I'll I'll be a I'll, I'll be honest. I'll I'll give you a, a confession, which is that in some ways, it, I I am certainly surprised that I write books about it. But there was a point when uh, when I did very intentionally think to myself, you know, I had studied philosophy, I had studied psychology. That's what my PhD is in, and and I thought, you know, there's a lot of things I want to say to people to help them think about. Um, how to to live more meaningful lives and more fulfilled lives, and I thought, well, who's going to listen to me? I'm like, oh, I know. If I tell people how their kids should live with an iPhone, they'll listen to that. But if I tell people how they should do it, they'll be like, shut up, who are you? Right. So, so nice. that was I started writing about kids, and uh, when I was when I was a journalist at Forbes, uh, mm. with sort of that in mind, I wanted to. It was a, sort of a trick to get philosophy. In, 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 into people's heads, um, but uh, but I learned so much, and and I think by now I'm not really that surprised. Although you know I'm a little, um, I'm still amazed that I you know I'm still I, I'm still amazed that a major publisher was willing to get behind me and support me to write a book about feminist dads because as as much as it doesn't sound um, that radical or subversive i think if you really as you were saying if you really look at what's out there it's not out there right um, right. right the idea that you could that, that a man can write a book about feminism is not is not normal right I yeah. mean, there's some but there's not there's not a lot um and so I, i'm i'm surprised at how supportive so many people have been to the to the messaging that i'm putting out there which 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 i think of as, as pretty um I don't want to say revolutionary because uh, that sounds sort of conceited, but but I but I but I I, I do think it's outside the norm. Yeah, countercultural. <laughs> yeah. <you> will. yeah, and <laughs> and also not at the same time because I yeah. think whenever I talk to someone like you, you're like, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. That uh, you know, I'm so glad you're putting that into words. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, it's great. So your your first book on parenting, um, the full title is I, there's like a sub subline, the new childhood, <laughs> raising kids to thrive in a connected world. There it is, right there. Yeah. Um, so so this really like it, this kind of had maybe kind of the same effect that you're describing as this new book that you're putting out, where people saw it as 
I, I guess breaking down the the current way of thinking, where the current way of thinking or the the traditional way of thinking of screens or technology for kids was just like like very like black and white, for lack of a better way of saying yeah. it. Like like you just I'm gonna give you thirty minutes of screen time and then it's off. And when you do your 30 minutes, you're over there and I'm over here and then you're done with it and you're cut off um, like a, like a strict diet. And, and so you advocated for taking a different approach. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, you know, when, when, when I first wrote the new childhood, I, I mean, it, it came out of time playing with my kids and playing video games with my kids, which was, which was, um, really all about, um, you know, I had, I had just been divorced from their mother and I wanted to spend a lot of time with them and I wanted to sort of help them deal with what's clearly something that's, that's hard for, you know, it's hard for adults to get through divorce. It's got to be even harder for, for kids. And I, I wanted to support them through that. Um, and it was really clear pretty quickly that if I was to say, say, you know, stop playing video games and come for a hike so we can talk about your feelings, that would feel like I was punishing them. So in, instead I was like, you know, I guess I'll sit down on the sofa and play video games with them. You know, I, I had played some video games as a kid. I'm 43 years old. I, I grew up with an Atari. I, you know, playing Asteroids. And uh, I, I played a little Super Mario Brothers, although I never had a Nintendo as a kid, but played it at friends' houses. Nice. Um, and so I sat down to play with them and I wanted to sort of, you know, just be with them, talk to them and find those opportunities where we could sit together for long stretches of time so that anything that needed to come out could could come out. Um, what you know but then as they got older and i started to read articles about parenting what was going on in the world you would hear these things about screen time and i go but this is just totally not right right like like everybody's got this panic around screens now i'll be honest i i'm not the uh, you know i was i didn't give let my kids near an electronic toy until they were like two years old like i didn't even want beeping or lights right like i uh, you know yeah. not because not like in the hippie uh, sense. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with the, the, the sort of Waldorfy all wood toys sense, but, but I, I just sort of preferred toys that didn't tell my kids how to play with them. Right. I wanted toys that yeah. involved imagination, um, um, that involved, um, you know, their own storytelling, not things that were like, press this button and it'll beep and sing a song to you. Uh, so I kept them away from that. But as they got older, I gave them the video games. I played with them and I started to think about it and just the questions were wrong, right? Like these are, this is, play this is what our kids do for play and the truth is every generation plays in different ways um and then i would think about it and go you know the amount of time that we spend on digital devices right you know even totally. before the pandemic like most of my life was 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 was, was digital at least you know 70 percent of it probably right was totally. at, least, at least mediated through something digital and, and, and my kids point that out all the time all the <laughs> yeah. time and then meanwhile we're telling our kids like oh you yeah. should only have 30 30 seconds and I, I was going no this isn't right like well, you know what we need to be doing is teaching our kids how to live with screens and I think yeah. if you look at anything uh, you know whether we're talking about I mean sex is a great thing to bring up because we, we we know what happens when you when you don't talk about sex with your kids right that we yeah. know absolutely statistically that you are more likely to be in, have an unhealthy or abusive sexual relationships if you did not have open conversations with your parents uh, uh, about the things you needed to know uh, uh, about sex so I saw, kind of put it in the same same mindset and went how are we going to teach our kids to one behave on on 
the internet in ways that are appropriate. And we see like, we have a whole generation whose parents didn't teach them manners happening on Twitter. Right. So, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So one, I want to teach my kids, how do you have manners on the internet? How do you treat people with compassion? doesn't mean you can't have an argument, but it does mean you have to have an argument with dignity and with compassion and with intelligence. Not, you don't call people manginas, for example. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Um, for example, for example. Right. Um, and then, and then I think, um, and then also, like, how do we teach them to live with the screen so that they don't develop those unhealthy relationships where they don't go outside, where they never want to stop, yeah. where they're completely, uh, you know, where they start to believe that Instagram is real life, right? Like, yeah. I have no problem with the fantasy of Instagram for my kids. I just don't want, I just want them to know that it's a fantasy and be able to reflect on it and think about it. I have no problem with kids playing violent video games as long as they're capable of reflecting a, a, about it and recognizing that this is sort of a mythological fantasy world and that it's has not a reflection of reality that's how we raise our kids right that's what we do with movies if we show them a uh, if we show them a violent movie we, we talk to them about well that's ridiculous you know that's unrealistic right right but we're not doing that online meanwhile so many parents will be like i mean it was crazy to me parents would be like I let my kids have 30 minutes of screen time and then they take those 30 minutes, let their kid be alone in their bedroom for those 30 minutes with no mentoring, with no, right. <laughs> with, with no level of like, let me, let me help you make sense of, uh, of this. And so everything that they were scared of, they were actually making worse. And so that's what I wanted to say. I, look, I, I am definitely, a lot of people read the new child. Well, they didn't read the new child. A lot of people who didn't read the new childhood, but heard about the new child, but imagine that I was super permissive all all video games are good. Let your kids be on all the time. And the fact is, I am terrified of the internet. I mean, and what terrifies yeah. me is we're raising a whole generation of connected digital kids uh, who have not gotten the kind of mentoring or guidance they need to be able to do this in kind, compassionate ways. And I think the evidence is all is all around us, you know, with, with, with fake news, with hyperpartisan politics, with all of this anger, the ability to get caught up in, in conspiracy theories on, on online. I think all of that is sort of evidence that we have a lot of people who do not know how to handle this strange new connected world. And so parents like time, time to yeah. Teach your kids how to do it, right? And so we don't what, end up with a generation that's as bad as we are. <laughs> yeah, because we 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 weren't taught how to do it because it didn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know what exactly. I mean? And like, exactly. it's, it, that's what's so crazy. And so we didn't we it wasn't modeled for us how to mentor our kids in this because it we didn't it even happen. It wasn't a real thing. <laughs> the, you know, we 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 were in high school or college or whatever when um when the internet kind of came into its own. Um, and I feel like people maybe our age look back on that and we're always like, oh, I'm glad that wasn't around when I was in middle school because I would have everything I ever did in middle school would have been around. Um, but but maybe not. Not if 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 our parents were doing what you're describing of of mentoring through that process um, and our kids don't have to have that same have that experience that we were afraid that we might have had if we embrace and, and mentor the way that you're describing. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's absolutely true. My kids are not. Um, I mean, they they have social media accounts. I don't think either. Well, I'm, I now have stepkids too, so I don't think any of them uh, are really like uh, you know. While they spend a lot of time reading about it, uh, you know, re, you know, scrolling through their social media, none of them post very very often. And I think part of that is a sort of awareness of privacy issues, awareness yeah. uh, 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 of the permanence, which we've talked about.
about a lot of, a lot of time. So they're very thoughtful. I mean, plus I think it helps that they have a, a a dad who is is who is a public figure on social media. So they see how I'll like filter the photos and how I'll consider whether it's a good one first. So they're right. asking those own questions about how yeah. it impacts their 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 own life. Um, and I think that yeah, you're 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 totally you're totally right. Um, and I, I, a lot of people worry about. Um, you know, you'll hear a lot of people who worry about things like bullying, things like the the body image stuff um, on 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 social media. And it's not that I don't think that that's worth worrying about. I mean, I think that's absolutely all worth worrying about. Uh, but I think blaming that on social media is, is disingenuous. I mean, I remember middle school; like it was pretty right. brutal then. The only difference now is that is that people are 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 aware of it. Social media is making us see just how terrible middle school life is by the way partially because of some of those patriarchal things that are built into what's fatherhood right <laughs> right yeah. so right we train our kids to be to be to, to participate in this in this social system in in really problematic ways um um, and I'm glad that a lot of it's coming out. I mean, I'm sad when I read the stories about the kids who are depressed or, or, or the kids who have really unhealthy relationships with screens or the kids who have body image. And, of course, terribly sad about the, the suicide stories you hear related to, yeah. to social media. By the way, it's still very little. The statistics are, you know, if you really look at the numbers, a lot of I, I don't want it to sound like it's bad because um, while those are bad things, it's actually much, uh, it's pretty low in terms of them happening in yeah. online in online spaces. But I'm happy because the, the dialogue is happening, right? And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, similar right. To, it's similar to Me Too, right? Like, Me Too didn't happen because of the internet. It was happening like crazy, and the internet uh, brought it out into the opening. Yeah. I, I, I love this, and we, you, you've used the word mentoring several times, and, you know, that's the line that, that sticks out to me the most, is going from censoring to mentoring. Um, that's the thing that I just, like, keep hearing in my head when I, you know hand my kids an iPad <laughs> and, and and send them off and and tell them like, oh, well, you know, I, I've gone in and I've adjusted the settings, but I didn't, I don't even tell them what settings I've adjusted. I don't tell them like what's right or what's wrong or not, where not to go on the internet. Um, and I, I want to move into that space of mentoring with them online and the things that they're finding on YouTube because YouTube is just this horrible wormhole, rabbit hole of just, <laughs> just feeds you more and more content. It's just, it's just the worst. And I want to move into that mentoring space. So I'm, I'm curious to hear just more from you. What, what would you say if you had to just break it down from somebody, what does that look like to, to truly like mentor your child in their, yeah. in their digital experience? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say is, is you want to start it pretty, pretty young. I've, I've also, I've often been an advocate for younger, right? Um, 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 I'll, I'll, I've talked a lot about, about this, you know, right now in the U.S., uh, uh, the truth is I haven't checked these statistics in a, in a couple of years, but last time I checked, it was 12 to 13 was like the age where the average kid is getting a, a, a smartphone. It's possible it's gotten younger. I don't know. Maybe in the pandemic, it definitely got younger, I would guess, um, but, it, but I, I can't know for sure. Um, but but that never really made much sense to me, right? You know, I, it's sort of like we don't want to give it to these to younger kids. But but I I have I have a, I have a 15 year old is my oldest now. My my the younger the youngest who lives in my house is 12 now. Let me explain something to you, and I think you probably already know it. When they're four and they're five, all they want to say is yes, daddy. I want you to approve of my behavior. When they're 12, 13, 14, 15, and I tell them something, they will go. 
I don't know. I want to discuss this. I have an opinion, right? Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> what, what, they've got hormones raging. They're like start suddenly interested in all these like reckless behaviors that are developmentally appropriate. But but seems to me that's the worst time to hand someone a, a device that uh, for the first time and go, now figure out how to socialize in this right. new space when you're literally at the worst moment for socializing ever, right? Imagine if like the, the, the first time we let a kid play in a playground was when they were 15 and we didn't spend all those years when they were two and three going, share, be nice, don't, fu- don't bite, right? Like right. we did that for like 10 years before we let them play with other kids. So we need to do that online too. So that, that, that's number one. So start young. When mm. my kids were really young, when when I first, they were probably four and six when we really, you know, when I really was like, okay, now, now it's no longer like, you know, now, now these are going to be devices that are in the house. They're going to be, they're going to be available. Um, but I still, I did limit the amount of time they did it. They did it. And I almost always did it with them. Right. At, at first. Right. Now I, I say that I don't want to tell parents, you know, don't ever leave a kid alone because the truth is I wish that I yeah. had had an iPad with a YouTube video when I had newborns, right? Because right. Uh, like, like imagine how much easier it would be to shower, yeah. right? If you could be like, here's 10 minutes in front of a screen, <laughs> right? The problem with young ones is you don't want to let them in front of a screen for hours because then they're not getting the important conversation, the important physical movement. But, you know, 10 minutes, not going to hurt, not going to hurt anyone. Um, yeah. um, so, but I would start much younger and I would sit down with them. I would watch YouTube videos with them. Um, you should play video games with them when they're young. And that should be all their, all their time on those screens should be, uh, or, or the majority of it, which should be with adults, right? Just like we do so many things with our kids where, where, we're, where we're communicating our values to them. We're going, these are the videos I like. These are the videos I don't like. And we tell them, oh no, I don't like that, right? We, 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 if something comes on that we find sexist or racist or, or offensive, we say that to our kids and we need to be doing that in a digital space right when my kids were little and they would go can we play a a, a first person shooter i'd go no um, um and they'd say why not uh, uh, why and and i didn't think that first person shooters were going to make them into violent criminals i've read the statistics i know that's not what happened but what yeah. i would say to them is i would say i would say because i don't see why shooting people it's fun, right? If you can explain to me why that's fun, then I, then maybe I'll let you play. And, I, and eventually I let them play games where they could shoot aliens and they could shoot robots, but they still right. couldn't shoot people. And then eventually after enough of those conversations and I could hear them respond to me and go, it's not about the people. It's just sort of target practice. And this game has good graphics and, and they could articulate that. Then I went, oh, Okay, now that I see that you can make mm. sense of this, now I'm now I'm okay with it. This is what we do for everything else in their lives. It's really yeah. not that hard. I mean, that's the, the, we we've got this fear of the digital. I think um, that's really problematic because I think parents really do know how to do it. Right when we hear about the bullying that happens at school. We talk to them about it. We say right. this person's got is probably insecure. That's why they're making fun of you. We say we say this is how you should deal with it, with it. Here's how you can be compassionate. Here's how you can talk to someone. We need to have that same level of involvement. And a lot of parents say to me, I, you know, I, I don't want to play video games. Okay, don't play video games. Sit down and watch your kids play video games and ask them questions about it. What are you doing? Why? Who's the bad guys? Why are they the bad guys? Right. When I was when my kids were little, I mean, I was already in the feminist dad thing there, even though I hadn't written it, and I would ask a lot of other questions like can you explain why all of the women in the video games have such big boobs this does not make any sense to me right. Can you, right? i would even yeah. watch cartoons and go can you explain why cartoons for kids have so many gay jokes that yeah. that's i don't get that <laughs> like, yeah. like, 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 like that seems inappropriate um 
but do that. You know, you got to sit with them and you have to do that. I also watch a lot of TV with my kids. Not anymore. They're older now, but when they were little, sure. I, I, you know, we had like a, 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 a TV time together and we would sit and watch sitcoms together. And that would allow me when I saw things I didn't like to, I mean, you don't even have to try. They, you know, this sounds like you got to be an expert and be like, I need to be having a serious teaching. You don't have to do it. They can, they'll just read your, they, they just read your reactions. You know, totally. that's how we learn everything. You grow yeah. up at the dinner table, you talk about the news, and you can tell what do your parents think is good and what do your parents think is bad. You, and they, We true. need to do that in every part of their lives. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's meeting them where they're at, right? And Absolutely. I, my kids, my, my example of this is I recently, even you know after hearing some of your stuff, I, uh, I downloaded Roblox to my phone, um, which I... I just like I just don't enjoy playing it. It's just not fun. I just think it's so dumb. <laughs> but but man, I just can't like tell you w- to play it with my son and like especially cuz it's like interactive. I'm on my phone, he's on a different device and we're playing it together and but the coolest part was like him explaining it to me. Like I I I just could tell that he he felt like empowered and confident to be able to like explain this thing to me and and for me to be learning it from the first time, like from him, like that was, that was just like, yeah, it was an empowering experience for him to be able to like teach me something. Um, and for me to just be engaged and to show him that I wanted to do it. Um, and now they're just like constantly ask if I'll play and (laughs) I don't, I don't want to, (laughs) like, I'm not, I'm not like stoked about it, but I, I just, I see how valuable that is and how powerful that is and, and applying what you're saying, I think is just, I, I think it's invaluable. Um, yeah, well, it, it shows them. them, it shows them that you value the way they're making sense of the world, right? Psychologists have known for, for at least a hundred years that, that, ch- that when children are playing, they are constructing identity narratives, right? That, mm. that game of make believe is, is about constructing your story of yourself, right? If you just think about this, I, you know, adults, we do this. Sometimes we stand in the mirror after the shower and we sort of tell a story to ourselves about who we are and how we look and how we're going to behave at work, right? They're doing that in a game. Who am I going to be when I grow up? up right and they're and they're telling this story to themselves about who I am and my you playing with them you're going hey I, I accept your story you don't have to even know their story to accept it you're just going hey I want to see you know I, I see this version of yourself that and I and I value this version of of, of you um, you know I, I'll tell you if you really want to play the, the be- in my opinion the best game still to this day to play as a family is Super Mario Kart. I mean, it's yeah. so much fun, and it's it's and it's like doesn't even matter whether you win or lose it because it, it's it's just a it's just a blast. We play that. We still play that all the time. Me and 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 the kids. I talk a ton of crap uh, <laughs> while I'm doing it. I'm like, you you stink. You stink at Mario Kart. You can't even play Rainbow Road. They beat me every time, but I don't. I just do nonstop smack talking, and they That's think awesome. it's hilarious because <laughs> and then because they know I stink compared to them. I, I don't even really understand how, 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 how to, what do you call it? Drift. I don't even really understand how, what drifting does. And they're like, you, you don't drift, Dad. And I'm like, well, uh, don't tell me how to play. I'm the best ever at this game. <laughs> don't talk to me about drifting back in my day. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. You know, we, we have, we do have a Nintendo Wii. I, and I, I also am realizing like one thing that, that we do is we, we use it and it's, we use it as discipline so much. And I, I just kind of hate that, but it's just such a natural thing to do as a parent where I'm like, well, if you, you know, because of this, you're not going to get to have your, 
Nintendo Wii time or that screen time and I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. What, what do you think? Is that? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's a hard one. Um, I, I agree with you. I wish that I have, have. I mean, I have certainly done the 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 take away the screen time. <laughs> yeah. Take take away take away the the. I mean, I, the the you know turn off the internet uh, um, as a kind of punishment. And I feel bad. I, I feel bad about it. I try. I try not to do it. I mean, in general, I try. I try to um, come from a place. Um, of what we know from the, the all the research in child development, which is that that that, that most punishments are not really effective, right? Uh, interventions yeah. are are effective. It's supposed to, you know, time timeout. It, it should be an intervention. It should interrupt. It should interrupt whatever the what, whatever the behavior is to allow a kind of cool down time, a a, a, a settling a settling time. I try yeah. to do that. Um, um, I would say I, I usually when I do go through with the punishment that's what it is but i will you know there's lots of times where i go if you don't stop now i'm gonna turn off the internet you know the threat of the internet right is a, is, is a pretty is a pretty strong one and it is problematic because yeah. um you know the, the the truth is um you know we want what we really want to do as parents is encourage good behaviors you know you, you can't win by by just trying to stamp out stamp out bad ones you want you want you want to sort of uh, put you want to sort of put your finger on the scale and weigh things towards your value system not not try to uh, not try to eliminate um, other things i mean even early when when i when i did, had to do a lot more controlling of how much time my kids spent on screens again i, I told you my kids are older now and they've developed yeah. really good habits but when they were younger um i I didn't ever want to create limits on the screen time. So instead I created other requirements like you must read <laughs> every day. You must nice. go outside every day. You must, you must, you must do something creative every day. Um, um, and, and that allowed me to walk over to them and go, you know what? You've been playing video games for five hours. Have you read anything yet today? Um, yeah. and, and, and when they said no, I could say, well, I want you to stop and read something. And it was very different attitude than just going stop it's too much you're addicted this is bad it's rotting your brain you know we're, we're telling them this thing is like evil um yeah. uh, like if it's as bad as we're telling them it is and it's dangerous why are we letting them near it at all because we right. don't really think it's dangerous it's sort of become this uh this 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 evil temptation that that, that we scare our kids with you know and that's crazy this is like their favorite thing we keep telling them is the devil that's so true <laughs> that's so true yeah and that they see, again they see us doing all the time, nonstop. Right, right. So all they learn is this is the thing that you're allowed to do when you're an adult, but not a kid. Right. And it's like, oh, well, if this turns your brain to mush, then dad, your brain must be like super mushy. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, right. It's I, like it's like uh, it's like cursing in a lot of families, right? We always yeah. like watch your mouth, and then and then we're running around like you know swearing left and le left and right, and all they do is think that's adult language. They don't actually learn the right lesson, which is what we should be teaching, which yeah. is. You know, there's times when it's perfectly fine to use foul language, and there's times when it's not. And what I want you to do is be able to to do the code, the necessary code switching, to be able yeah. to to recognize the circumstances and when it and when it makes sense. That's what we actually want to learn because that's yeah. the adult skill. I've tried to teach my kids. This is a tangent. But I've tried to teach my <laughs> kids that you know there's a difference between swearing and and cursing. Yeah, and, and I'm like cursing. Like I don't want you to curse. Cursing is saying fuck you to somebody. You know what I mean? Right. Swearing is like if you stub your tail and you say, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a swear. And yeah. and a curse is like when it's like directed at another human. Like, that's yeah. the thing that has like this intention. I of like, like that. Um, but it's led to like 
an increase of swearing <laughs> in our house. <laughs> but I'm like, I as long as you're to... not cursing somebody, like, yeah. I have to say, you know, we often have a have a conversation in our house because there's a ton of foul language in 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 my house. Um, um, and and partially that's because you know I tried when they were little to restrict it, and then one day we got in the in the car and I turned on the radio and it was like a Patti Smith song, and she's yeah. like cursing, and 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 my and my kids are like, how come she can say it on the radio and we can't say it at home and i'm like yeah because that's our like i didn't have a good argument right (laughs) yeah Um, and so and so i started to switch to this sort of how do i really teach them those things uh we have an ongoing joke which is they'll often say say to me that i'm strict and i go you think i'm strict if my father sat at the dinner table for like one minute and heard the kinds of things you guys say at the dinner table (laughs) yes hey this is the most permissive dinner table you've ever you've ever you've ever been in i tell them that all the time like you have no idea <laughs> you have no idea how easy you have it um i, I do have one kind of kind of one last question for you with the uh um with this, the idea of going from censoring to mentoring i'm wondering did you see that manifest in like other areas like like besides just their their digital or technology life did you did you see yourself learning to to mentor them and in, in other areas of their lives um Oh, that's a, that's a really great question. I mean, I mean, absolutely. I don't know if this is something that sort of moved from digital to every place else or from every place else to digital, but yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, mentoring's tricky. Mentoring is a, is a, is a tricky thing to do in, in, in a way that's really powerful and really more responsive than it is authoritarian. I mean, I talk a lot about this there. I have a whole chapter about this in, in father figure, um, you know, we the, the, this whole father knows best attitude, this sort of paternalistic, like you know, uh, you know, yeah. I have the right advice, uh, is is often sending the wrong message to the kids, right? It's not sending a message about lifelong learning. It's not sending a message about about curiosity. So figuring out how you can sort of be the Sherpa, right, to to to, to help them uh, and guide them as they learn things on their own, and not the authority who always knows the right answers right there's not there's not really a benefit Mm. the last thing you want your kids to grow up into is is an adult who thinks they know all the right answers so you don't want to model the adult who knows all the right answers because then they're going to aim to be like you when they're mature right so how do you how do you how do you find this way of of sort of holding their hands, taking them on the journey with all the wisdom you have as someone who's made mistakes, who's been on lots of journeys, who's had to learn lots of things, who's had to make, who's had to, who's had to make mistakes. And you know, you, you get, you, you and I have both been through enough in our lives to know there's a lot you learn from each, each, each one of these journeys. How do you give them the wisdom of your experience without being the authority who's defining what their story should be, who's defining what their, experience should be who's telling them how they should make sense of things your job is to help them make sense of things in their way and in a way that is aligned with your values and aligned with 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 your um your sense of ethics you know but but it's not to tell them who to be or 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 how to be um um you know uh uh, from a from a sort of psychological standpoint, I think that's the bottom line in in my house. Is right. I have zero tolerance for unethical be, be, behavior, right? Um, um, but I have 
Um, but, but I'm not trying to tell you how to think or what to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying, but, 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 you know, you, you cross certain lines and I go, this is not acceptable. Um, but beyond that, I, I need to, I, I, I want to help them find them, find themselves. And this is, goes to meeting them where yeah. they are. And, and so much, and, and this is part of what, what, what I really wanted father figure to get across, or at least one of the, the, the key ideas, um, and it connects to both books is, um, you know, so much of what's in that good dad story is is, is also this sort of um, subtle, maybe unconscious, maybe inadvertent notion that dad gets to define everybody's story, right? Like, like mm. we're the main story, right? Our, it's our house. It's our family. It's our genes. It's our line of patril, you know, our patrilineage, our estate, right? Right. Yeah. And everybody is sort of a, a, a supplemental character in, 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 in our, in our story in which we're the protagonist and the hero until the son takes over and becomes the protagonist and, and, and the hero. And, and, that's just not true. You know, everybody is their own is in their own story. And our job is to is to respond to that. Um, and I think a lot of men, this is why I think a lot of men, you know, this is here. Here's a new answer to the mangina question yeah. you had. I think a lot of men struggle because they do imagine themselves as the hero of their story. And when they suddenly turn on the news or read a newspaper and they find out they are a villain in someone else's story, they can't reconcile these two, these two tensions. Right. Mm, um, yeah. and, and the fact is we're all heroes in our own story and mentors in someone else's and Obi-Wan Kenobi to someone else and <laughs> Darth Vader to someone else and Yoda to someone else. And, and, hmm. and, and you got to know who you are to the people that you're, that you're talking to and figure out how to, how to do that, how to do that best. And to me, that's something I'm always trying to do with my kids. And you know, what's one of the hardest things about being a dad is there are certainly days where you are their villain. Um, yeah. And that's no fun, right? You hate it, but you have to do it. Um, and you have to do it with the most, you know, well and with compassion, you know? Um, yeah. You know, you, you can't get them out of it. You can't be like, I'm not bad, you're wrong. That's not going to do anything. You have to figure out, okay, what, what's this situation and how do I show up and be present and be authentic and put your best interest ahead of mine um, yeah. at, at, at this particular moment? That, that's what parenting takes. I love I love that idea that like this this we have this strong desire maybe to, if you, to mentor our kids and to guide them but we can't always define for them which character like we can't define if we're Darth Vader or Obi Wan <laughs> or Yoda or yeah I, I love that because clearly we want to be their Obi Wan or what we want to be the best one for them <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Might... If, I don't know if there is a is a best one. I mean, one of the problems I think is that is that often the advice we're getting is we're supposed to be the Darth Vader, right? Which which yeah. is it's supposed to be a constant struggle of battles in which eventually they become yeah. a, a hero and we become the sort of old vanquished ruler and you know the elderly old man who you know we where and they have to change our diapers, right? right? Like yeah. that's that's the narrative we get, and yeah. uh, and that's problematic because. Um, you know, you don't have to, you, 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 you know, I, I, I don't want to be that for my kids. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to be the thing they struggle against. Yeah. So last question for you to wrap things yeah, up here. This is sure. kind of my, my last question for everybody and, and feel free to just kind of recap something you've already said. But my last question is just, what is your like go-to advice to somebody who wants to be a better dad? <laughs> if the idea is like, we're never going to be perfect dads, <laughs> but like, 
people just want to grow. Just like from out there is just like, I just want to be a little bit better. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to go. What, what would you just say? What would be your like go-to advice to somebody? Hmm. That's hard. Like a, a, a single, a single piece of advice. Yes. It has to be perfect. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, that's why um, it's so hard. You know, I, I think if I had to pick the, you know, the, the number one, this is, well, I, I'm thinking of two things, so I'm going to figure out how to put them together into like blend them into a recipe of a single <laughs> thing. <laughs> I know you're very active on Twitter, so how would how would you tweet it? What your... um, you know, I I I think so. So I want to say two things to you. One one is, uh, you, dads need to have a willingness to really reflect on themselves, right? That 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 90% of actually I shouldn't put a number on it cuz I can't I can't prove it. Anecdotally, a lot of the yeah. uh, of the of the behaviors that you don't like in your kids, the things that you don't like in your kids, uh, you, you can solve a lot more by changing yourself than by trying to change them, right? By thinking about different ways of interacting with them, but they are often mimicking your behaviors, even the behaviors you don't want to recognize are yours. Um, and uh, and so you need to really start by looking at yourself and start by going what am i doing that 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 is that is creating these 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 problems i mean they're not really usually problems they're just sort of kids being kids and and if you if you want to change the way your family dynamics work if you want to change those things look at look at look at yourself first and and all of that goes to a uh, a much larger question which is you know remember that your kids are learning more from what they witness in you than from anything you say to them or or any like you know paternal lessons that you hand down they are you are modeling behaviors you are modeling attitudes you are modeling ways of thinking that's why in father figure one of the things that that i put as one of the key things that all parents need to do is 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 engage in something i call radical inclusivity right like like we need to like stop you know this isn't father figure is not just about feminism i mean the book's about feminism but but dads need to be radically inclusive like not just to women but also to 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 every all the all the lgbtq folk um you know to uh to different ethnicities to different religions to different races like everybody deserves dignity and you want your kids to see that you believe that every human being deserves a right to live with dignity um Mm -hmm. because those are the kind of adults we want look i'm not saying you got to like what other people do with their lives i'm just saying you gotta you gotta give them the right to live their lives with a sense of dignity and self-worth and we got to show our kids that we do that and I do that I, I, when my kids were little I used to do that in just tiny ways all the time like every time we went through a toll booth before Easy Pass was everywhere like I would go hello how are you today to the toll booth operator and like I was doing it for my kids because I wanted them to see that I see every person as a whole per- like that is not a slot to drop a coin in that's a right. human being that deserves eye contact and 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 a recognition that that, that they are that they are people with feelings and struggles and challenges just like just like me and I, I think dads need to show that to their kids every single day in every interaction um, just you know 
love the people or love the people in the world. Um, um, uh, maybe you don't even have to love them. Maybe you don't even have to, you know, tolerate them, but you got to treat them with, you have to treat them with, with dignity and respect because that's how you want everyone to treat you. I love it. Model radical inclusivity. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, Jordan, thank you. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. It's so it's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. and everybody, so so tell us when does your book come out? When does Father Figure? Uh, come well, out? Father Figure comes out uh, May 11th. You can already pre-order it. Uh, you can uh, New Childhood's already out. And if you want more information about me or the book or any of it, it's feministdadbook.com. Feministdadbook.com. All all you know, uh, no spaces or anything. Feministdadbook.com. I don't think it matters whether you do cash capital or low on the internet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> People awesome. always say it that way, though. <laughs> nice. Well, everybody, check check out Jordan online. Um, check out his new book. Check out his old book. Um, also, like I mentioned, maybe search up his TED Talk on, on the YouTubes. And um, also, uh, you can find him on Twitter. Pretty active on Twitter, right? Yeah, um, very, very active on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So thank you, everybody out there for, for tuning in. And if you made it this far, that's awesome. I uh, really appreciate it. And if you did, maybe... Uh, maybe subscribe to the old podcast there. I'd really appreciate that. And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks again to you, Jordan. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.